First Peter chapter 4, look at verse 10. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you, but rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when His glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad with exceeding joy. Now, the Christian teacher. Number one, the Christian teacher recognizes ability to teach comes from God and not man. The Christian teacher recognizes that the ability to teach comes from God and not man. Some of the best teachers and preachers that I have ever heard never went to school to learn how to teach. God gifted them to communicate. Amen? James Knox, he'll come and preach. He went to one semester of Bible college. Went to one semester of Bible college, and they kept trying to get him to correct his Bible. And he said, I don't need this, and he went out and started a church. That's interesting, isn't it? And he's one of the, the greatest Bible teachers in the world. And he, he didn't have that training. So we need to understand that the ability to teach does not come from school. It comes from God. Now, can school, once you have yourself established in the Word and in the Lord, can school help you be a better teacher? Absolutely. But the, the man's teaching without the recognition that ability comes from God is a big problem. When strength fails, be strong in the Lord. The Bible says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. In the book of Revelation, the Bible talks about the church at Philadelphia. And he says, because thou hast, I know thy works, he says, because thou hast a little strength and has not denied, and has kept thy word, my word, and has not denied the faith. Why did they keep his word? Because they just had a little strength. They knew they, they, they couldn't change the Bible. So we need to understand that our ability to teach comes from the Lord. When purpose wanes, when you say, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? When purpose wanes, find it in stewardship. Okay, everybody look at your Bible with me. Look at what it says in verse 10 again. Every man hath received the gift, or as every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. God has given me this ability to teach. That means He has also given me a requirement to teach. And when I teach, I need to do it well. So the, the Christian teacher recognizes ability to teach comes from God and not man. All right? Number two, the Christian teacher recognizes authority to teach comes from God and not man. Authority to teach comes from God and not man. The truth belongs to God, not to the government. Let's say that again. The truth belongs to God, not government. 
If government says one thing and God says another thing, let God be true and every man a liar. Our authority is in the Word of God. And so let's look at the text and see if we can actually find that in this text. Look at in verse 11. If any man speak, <clears throat> let him speak as the oracles of God. As the oracles of God. Now, people who like to read Greek mythology or Roman mythology, they talk about their oracles. And there's even, I think, a software company called Oracle. And the, the idea of an oracle is not a person. Let's get a biblical understanding of what an oracle is. So when you stand up to speak, you are not an oracle. You're a teacher. You are not the authority. God has the authority. Authority to teach comes from God. So now, keep your place here in 1 Peter and go to Romans chapter 3 with me. <clears throat> Let's get a definition of this. I am so thankful that with this cough that I've had, the Lord helped me this morning. I only coughed once in that whole sermon. I think that was the help of God. Isn't that a blessing? Because it would not have been fun for you all to listen to me hack my way through the service. Romans chapter 3. Look at verse 1. What advantage then hath the Jew, or what profit is there of circumcision? The Apostle Paul says, much in every way. But what's the main reason? Chiefly because that unto them were committed the oracles of God. Were committed the oracles of God. What is that? That's the words of God. That's Scripture. That's Scripture. So what are the oracles of God? The Bible. The Scripture. So when we preach, our authority comes from the Bible. And when you teach, whether it's in a public school, a Christian school, a home school, a discipleship relationship, a Sunday school class, or as parents, when you teach... That authority for the Christian must come from the Scriptures because that is the foundation for all truth. Look at Hebrews chapter 5. Look at verse 8. The Bible says, Though he were a son, this is speaking of Jesus, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Author. He is the authority in salvation. Do you see that? Then look at what it says in verse 10. Called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. That's interesting, isn't it? So whoever wrote this passage of Scripture, I think it was the Apostle Paul. We know whoever it was, it came from God. So whoever's writing this, his hearers had a problem. They were dull of hearing. They were dull of hearing. So let me ask you a question. Tonight, right now, sitting in the service, are you ready to hear? You say, Pastor, I'm tired. I know. And if I was sitting out there, I would probably be going to sleep. And so it is, a, it is a spiritual discipline to be ready to hear. But that's not what this passage is talking about. This passage is talking about having exercised your mind to be able to receive the things of God. Having exercised your mind to be able to receive the things of God. And let's see why that's the case. Verse 12. For when for the time... 
ye ought to be teachers. Ye ought to be teachers. Who is this for? Every one of us, we ought to be a teacher of the Word of God. That's the point of the text. God does not plan, God's plan is not for the pastor to teach and everyone else to just sit out there and listen. Now, there is the time for this, but this is to help prepare you to go and teach someone else the Word of God. And it's amazing how many Christians don't have time to do that. Why? Because they're dull of hearing. They're dull of hearing. Now look what the Bible says. For when, for the time, ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the what? The oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. And that's why you can almost never hear a doctrinal sermon in a church. Because you have babes in the pulpit and babes in the pews. But look at what it says in verse 14. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So what is a good teacher going to do? A good teacher recognizes that their authority to teach comes from the Word of God. And what you are going to teach is your pupil, you're going to teach your pupil how to exercise their senses to discern good and evil. Now notice it doesn't say right and wrong. Right and wrong can only be understood after we understand good and evil. In the book of Genesis, when they ate the fruit, they were able to, their eyes would be open and they could see good and evil. But they could already see what was good. When God created the trees, it was good. When God created the water, it was good. When He created the fish, it was good. When He created the sun, moon, and stars, it was good. When He looked at all that He had created, it was good. They already had good. Now what they could see was evil. And their imagination was made evil. So what is a teacher supposed to do? Based on the authority of the Word of God, we feed our students. We feed them, starting with milk, and then something a little stronger and mashed up squash. And you give them milk toast and nasty stuff. Right? Until they can get that T-bone. Until they can get that porterhouse till they can get that New York strip, right? And if we're not supposed to eat meat, then why, you know, meat, then why did God make animals out of meat? Because it's good. It's good. That's what we're supposed to teach. Good and evil. And that's based on the authority of the Word of God. I challenge the teachers this morning to make sure that you have a consistent worldview that is based in reality. And a worldview that is based in reality will find its foundation in the truth of the Word of God. So as you as a teacher, when you go into the schoolroom or you go into the homeschool atmosphere or a discipleship relationship or a Sunday school class, whatever you are teaching, the authority for it is the oracles of God. 
it is not a standardized test. It's very important that the good and evil is emphasized. Why? Because we ought to be teachers. We ought to be teachers. Speak as the oracles of God. When confidence fails, find it again in Scripture. And then when confidence fails, find it in the Son of God. Now look at this. How many of you understand that the object of Christian education is Christ-likeness? How many of you understand that? The object of Christian education is Christ-likeness. Go to Matthew chapter 7. Look at verse 28. And it came to pass, when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at His stories. Is that what it says? What's it say? Again, what, is it, what does it say? Do you know what doctrine is? God's truth in God's words. Doctrine is God's truth in God's words. Do you know that you can teach children the Bible and they don't even, they don't even know it? You just quote Scripture to them. They won't have any idea what you're saying. Wow, that's profound. Yes, it is. Then look at what it says in verse 29. For He taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. As a teacher, do you have authority? How many of you ever had a teacher that you knew you could run over? Right? You learn a lot from that teacher? Man, I had a guy named Mr. Rudolph when I was in fifth grade. Uh, Whittlesey Elementary School. That that school, Whittlesey is a it was a public school in Wallingford, Connecticut. It's an independent Baptist church now. Isn't that cool? So Whittlesey, Mr. Rudolph. I'm in fifth grade, and man, I liked Mr. Rudolph. He had been a basketball player, and I really thought he was something. I was clowning around in in gym class one time, and we were doing those things with the sticks and the hoop. You know what I'm talking about? I still don't even know how to do that. I don't even know what we were doing, and I was clowning around. Imagine that. He had this whole stack of sticks. He hit me in the head with a stack of sticks when I was in fifth grade. You know what I did? I stopped whatever it was I was doing. Right? Mr. Rudolph made an impression on me in my head. (laughs) He made an impression on me as a kid because I knew what was expected of me. It's very interesting. When I think of Mr. Rudolph, I think of one who had authority. Now imagine that as a teacher, you have kids that come through your class and down the road they have a need and they come to you because you had answers. You had authority. That just happened. I know it's happened with many of you teachers. Nathaniel Tennant just gave us an illustration of that with a girl he was able to lead to the Lord. So remember... We recognize that the Christian teacher recognizes that the ability to teach comes from God and not man. The Christian teacher recognizes authority to teach comes from God and not man. Ability to teach comes from God and not man. Authority to teach comes from God and not man. And then thirdly, the Christian teacher recognizes that acceptance in teaching comes from God and not man. Acceptance in teaching comes from God and not man. When acceptance fails... Find it in Him. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Second 
2 Corinthians chapter 5, and look at verse 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 4. The Bible says, For we that are in this tabernacle... Now, that's the context has told us. That's talking about our bodies. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, in other words, just die, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. So that Christ returns and we get our new bodies and we're not in this body of sin anymore. Now, he that hath wrought us... For the self-same thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit, knowing we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore, we labor, that whether present, that is, in the body, or absent, that's we die, we may be accepted of Him. You see, my life, my life, everything I do, whether I live or die, the consequences of my Christian life, whether they be that I am killed or whether I am rewarded, the issue is not what happens here. The issue is what happens there. Am I going, what I am doing, will it be accepted by Him? Look at the next verse. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your own consciences. It's very important that we get this. My job is not to impress you. My job is to be accepted of Him. Now, let me be very clear. That's not for salvation. The way that I'm accepted for salvation is based on the blood of Jesus Christ. And God accepts that every time. Amen? This is talking about judgment seat of Christ, that my offering, my my worship, my service, the service that I give to God in every area of my life, will God accept that or will it be wood, hay, and stubble and be burned away at the judgment seat of Christ? Teachers, Acceptance comes from God, not from anyone else. Go back to our text, 1 Peter chapter 4, and let's finish. 1 Peter chapter 4. Verse 11, If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. What do you believe about this? Uh, you know... <coughs> What I believe, I still remember at the 9-11 service when Billy Graham gave the gospel, he preached. And what he said, for the Christian, Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. He said something like that. For the Christian? Did Jesus Christ taste death for every Christian? Is that what the Bible says? Every man. You see, we can't make those kinds of statements. We have to say what the Bible says. What the Bible says is, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But the Bible also says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Confidently. Confidently answer the questions. Confidently. We have the truth. The kids have questions. We have answers. The rest of the world, the rest of Common Core, the rest of the world system only has questions. We have answers. We have to boldly proclaim those answers. The Bible says, stand 
in truth. That's where we have to stand. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth. Why? That God and all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you, but rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when His glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. Now look at verse 14. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the Spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part, He is evil spoken of. But on your part, He's glorified. So when you take a stand for Christ in the public school, you students, when you take a stand for Christ in the Christian school, when you take a stand for Christ at the workplace, when you receive reproach, that is glory to God. Now, we have to do it in the right way. You can't throw your Bible at people. But when we do it the right way, when we stand in truth, praise God, it gives Him glory. Let's have confidence in that. Let's not be ashamed of the truth. Let's go into the workplace, into the school place. Let's go into the home and among our family and friends. And let's stand in truth boldly. And if we suffer for it, then that's glory to God. And the Spirit of God rests on us, the Bible says. Now look at what it says. Verse 15. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer. How about this? Or as a busybody in other men's matters. Mind your own stinking business. Amen? A little quieter on that. Amen? Then look at what it says. Yet if a man suffer as a Christian... Do you like that right there? Isn't that a great sentence? If a man suffer... As a Christian, look at what it says. Let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to Him in well-doing as unto a faithful Creator. I think this might be the best passage in the Bible for a public school teacher. Amen? Or a Christian school teacher that teaches at a school where people do not believe the truth. Amen? This is so awesome. We know how to stand. We don't get, if you get reproach on your life for being a thief or a murderer or a busybody, that's on you. But if you get reproach for standing as a Christian, that's on him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let me ask you this. Are you committing the keeping of your soul to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator? Man, I hope you teachers are invigorated to go back into the school and stand for the truth. That doesn't mean you stand up and you preach a sermon to the class. What it means is every time you have an opportunity to correct a faulty text, you correct it. 
And you let the children know there is truth in the world. There is truth in the world. And His name is Jesus. We love Him. We serve Him. We follow Him. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we love You so much.